Hello and welcome to another episode of Starside Chats. We're back for another one. I'm one of your hosts, Zach Owens, and joining me as always is Aaron Capo. Hello. So we thought maybe we would talk this week about, we kind of have a double feature, two features. Uh, It is sort of the mid-year, middle of the year, and so we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the mid-year report card for Nintendo, Sony, and PlayStation, and just kind of talk about the stuff that's come out so far this year. But also, we thought it would be fun to sort of run down five games that I have picked and you have picked that would make good movies slash TV shows. We got movies on the brain because both last week you talked about seeing Mission Impossible, which I have seen in the interim. And I, uh, both of us are also going to go see Oppenheimer this weekend. Yeah. So it's a movie kind of time. Yeah, uh, we talked a little bit about it last week, but strangely this year, uh, an outlier in comparison to the last handful of years, I would say, where there's actually a lot of stuff I want to see in the theater. So excited to see Oppenheimer. Maybe we'll talk about it on the show next week if we both get a chance to see it this weekend. Yeah, speaking of both of us seeing things, so I have now seen Mission Impossible. So do you want to have a brief discussion about overall thoughts now that we can both speak freely about it? Yeah, so I guess uh, if you have not seen Mission Impossible yet and you want to, maybe skip ahead because we'll let's just spoil things. <laughs> uh, so yeah, what are your overall thoughts now that you've seen it? I mean, so I I could feel I felt like you were a little lukewarm on it uh, last week, and I I think maybe on a little bit of I'm in the same boat. Like yeah. the last couple have been great and like standouts. Yeah. Every one of them. The last one with. Um, Henry Cavill, where there was that yeah. fight scene in the bathroom. That was one might awesome. be my favorite of all of them. It's good. It's very, very good. The the jump outside where they were like jumping out of a plane in Paris or wherever they were at was very cool to see. Yeah. And this that, one was good. That big like nail biting sequence at the end where they only have like 15 minutes to do yeah. stuff and they all three sort of have to be in specific places at a specific time. Very all good. All of it is great. This one is still a really good movie and I enjoy the stunts. The car chase scenes were very cool. Uh Haley Atwell's cool. Uh I like um that Palm, whatever her last name is. Mm-hmm. She played a very menacing villain. Now, do you think she is she in the next one part? I think her I believe name so. is I, in the credits. It, it was unclear whether she was dead or not. I think well, I think she is alive because the guy is like, hey, I still still got breathing here. Uh, so I think her and Haley Atwell are now going to join the IMF in the next part of it. Yeah. So yeah, I was going to say if she is alive, she's definitely joining them, right? <laughs> I think so. And you know what's crazy? A couple. This movie does seem to take things from other things. Uh, it's kind of a weird coincidence because I went to go see the first movie I saw in theaters this year was. Uh, Fast and Furious, Fast X, I should say. A great movie experience. A, a movie experience I kind of enjoyed more than Mission Impossible, just because it was so bombastic and crazy. But in that movie, there is a scene where they're in Rome, and a big old ball, a big bomb, is rolling around the streets of Rome. And there's a big set piece where it it like stops for a second, and then starts to fall, and then stops again, right at those stairs that are in this movie in Rome, where they oh, really? drive down those stairs in that yellow car. It's the exact same place. So it's weird <laughs> that two movies in the same year have these big set pieces right at that location in Rome, whatever that location is. I don't know. Man, 
That's funny. I didn't but know also, that. But also, and this isn't like a new thought. I read a bunch of people saying this on Twitter, but that uh, train sequence was pretty similar to something you would see in a, uh, a an Uncharted game. Yeah, they talked about that. And there's also that, I think it's the second Jurassic Park movie where they're like trying to climb up a train as it's like falling over the edge of something. Oh, yeah. They have that big RV. That's a great sequence, actually. Yeah. And the, they there was also some review I saw where they were talking about how the car chase sequence feels very similar to the John Wick ones. Maybe it's part of partially because the door is like ripped off or whatever, but also, yeah. I don't know. It just looked and felt kind of similar. And I don't think it was the strongest vehicle chase sequence from any of the mission impossible movies. Um, yeah, I agree with that. There was at the one, it maybe it's the same one or maybe it was the one before that with uh, Henry Cavill in it where he's like, you know, driving around, I think it's Paris and they're like going through that loop and he's like going like, you know, the opposite direction of traffic and it's really crazy. Um, there's also, there's that one, I, mean, I think it was the one before the Henry Cavill one where Tom Cruise's character, Ethan Hunt, uh, jumps into that big like uh, circle of water and then is dead for a second oh, and yeah. then comes back to life. Yeah, I think And that's then the he just before. puts on a Hawaiian shirt and gets on a motorcycle and that sequence is really crazy. Yeah. So there's like some really good vehicle chase sequences in the Mission Impossible movies and I... I I mean, they do some interesting things with this one. It's not like a bad sequence. It just like mm. doesn't hit the heights of some of the ones we've already seen. And I feel like that's maybe just a good way of describing the movie as a whole. Like not a bad movie, but it it does not hit the same heights as like some of the previous ones, I thought. But But I mean, I still really want to see the second part. And I yeah. think the the plot of it is very interesting. Like the, the entity I think is a cool villain. I think partially that's one of the reasons I didn't connect with it as well. I thought the, the previous two or three were maybe better movies because you have like a better context and awareness of the villain. Hmm. Whereas this is so unknowable and like, you can't really pin it down that it just feels like they're, it's like in destiny they're after the darkness okay well what is that i don't that's just some nebulous thing that you're talking about so it just doesn't like it was harder to like it's very interesting you're right about that especially given current day with like our thoughts on like ai and where we're going technology wise um so it makes sense that they would want to do something like that and it is like a very interesting twist on like what a bad guy can be but uh it just from like a writing standpoint, it's not as easy for the audience to latch on to mm. your villain if it's such a nebulous thing that you can't really pin down and it's so unknowable. But I will say the one scene that kind of made me laugh that I don't think it was intentional and I think maybe didn't need to be in the movie was at the very end, the villain, that Gabriel guy is like, he's he jumps onto a truck and he's like, okay, I'm safe. I've done what the entity wanted me to do. And then he's just like chilling out and, you know, contemplating what he's going to do next. And he puts his hand in his pocket and he realizes he doesn't have the key. And then he just like very dramatically screams Ethan Hunt's name. <laughs> or maybe he just says like, Hunt. He does and the Kong like, thing. <laughs> yeah. It's like that didn't need to be as dramatic, I think. <laughs> but that was the only part that I can point to where I was like, that could be cut. But I liked. So definitely that guy has like an earpiece in and the, the AI is just like, yeah. we're like, he's his puppet and it's just word yeah. for word. 
what's happening from the AI, right? I was also unclear if so. Kittredge is like neutral at best. He's not. He's not like a specifically a super yeah. super bad guy. But is was the guy from was Carrie Elway's. He was on the train at the very end. Did Kittredge know he was also on the train, or so was he also this is being there? A question that we had that I talked about with my brother after we went to see it because we're like, Kittredge is one of those guys that's like you cannot quite tell whether he's supposed to be the good guy or the bad guy. Yeah, and it was a little bit similar in the first one where like he's not he's a little bit cast as the bad guy because we're following Ethan Hunt and we know that mm. Ethan Hunt is like innocent, but he's presumed to be this. Uh, rogue agent right this uh, mole and so he's not a bad guy he's doing his job sort of thing but he ends up being cast a little bit as the bad guy and I almost think he's a little bit in a similar role in this movie Mm. but the thing is he also is trying to make a deal to get the key right so he's basically doing what Carrie Elwes character is doing and but I they're think supposed Kittredge to be on the same to- t- side, but also they're kind of not like because this it yeah. was that conversation he had with Gabriel was a little bit like, oh, I'm Sinister. going rogue. Yeah, he's like yeah. doing the wrong thing where he's meeting up with these bad guys and he wants to control things. But didn't Kittredge also want to have it and control it? So I'm well, like, I think Kittredge wanted it for America. Like right. he was ready to hand it off to America, whereas Carrie always whose name I do I don't remember at all. Yeah. But uh he wanted to just like have it for himself and like I think basically be pulling all the strings. Right, but like the good guy approach is the Ethan Hunt approach where you're yeah, like it's too much exactly. power for anyone to have, we need to destroy it. So I don't know why yeah. Kittrich would be no, we should control it. But then at the end there, he's like doing a voiceover and he's like, Go Ethan Hunt, do the thing you need to do or whatever. Yeah. So I don't know. It was unclear to me. Uh, what the case was there. Um, I don't know. Like, Still a great movie, though. The sequ- There are some cool sequences. I'll give it that. I, I also feel like it needed a lot of like explaining mm. as as well, where it felt like, are we through the exposition yet? Like, is the movie <laughs> happening yet? And um, so I don't know. I, I, hopefully the, the next movie brings it all home and is, I think it's it will. great. But uh, I didn't love this one as much as i was hoping i would but yeah i was yeah like you said i was a little lukewarm on it but i think all uh all signs point to oppenheimer oppenheimer blowing it out of the park though like i've only seen good reviews of that movie yeah i'm very excited to see that um well we were on vacation we we had to drive like for an hour and a half or something like that to get to a costco to get some food so that we didn't have to eat out uh, for all yeah. our meals while we were uh, on vacation. And my dad had this audiobook for, I forget what the title of it. It's like the, the scientists and the general or something like that. And it's about Oppenheimer and the, the character who will be played by Matt, Matt Damon in this movie. Mm. Mm. Uh, it's pretty interesting. I, I didn't get to hear all of it, but just as like a precursor to, this movie is pretty interesting to listen to, but I'm excited for that movie. Well, should we get into game news? Yeah. So, uh, a thing that came out this last week is Xbox game pass core is the latest sort of evolution of Xbox live gold. Basically, uh, the changeover is supposed to happen in September, 
And it's, I think it's a little confusing because from what I hear, like the, if you're on PC, you just want the, the PC one, like, so the $10 tier. So basically nothing changes for you if you're on PC and you've been using game, game pass. Um, but if you're on console, you might a little bit feel forced into paying for the more expensive one so that you can maintain your Xbox Live. Because in order to play games online, you have to have Xbox Live, um, which sucks. Uh, like It's weird because PlayStation Plus, is that what it's called now? I forget. But Who knows? PlayStation Network, if you want to play games online on PlayStation, the $10 tier is the one that gets you online games. But with Xbox... If you if all you want is to play games online, you basically have to pay fifteen bucks, and you get the Game Pass stuff. But um, I don't know. It, I feel like the era where people needed to pay for to play online games on console is over. Like we don't need that yeah. anymore. Nobody should have to pay to play Call of Duty online. Like on PC, you don't have to obviously. And there was a time back in like the 360 days where Xbox Live and PSN were like in their infancy. And there was a very notable difference between like Xbox Live and its quality versus PSN and its quality. Yeah. Um, And you could point to very clearly you're paying for Xbox Live Gold. So they're, they're able to sustain that service better than PSN. And then obviously PlayStation was like, hey, we could make money on doing this as well. Let's do it. (laughs) But now they're making money else in other ways they're they're making money through game pass and through their uh playstation you know subscription service Mm. they the online functionality does not need to be a part of that anymore in my opinion i think they could drop that entirely and if you buy a playstation or an xbox and you want to play call of duty or battlefield you should just be able to play it without having to sub to something on top of that that price you know yeah but Anyway, that's I, really I just wanted to rant about that, and that's why that's, <laughs> this is in here. <laughs> um, but speaking of playing games online, I don't know if you've followed this at all because you're not really a Diablo person. But I'm not. I've never really dipped my toes into it. You know, I thought I was going to play it because uh, I played the beta a bunch and really liked it. But uh, then when it came out, I was so in the you know neck deep in zelda that i was like well i'm not not gonna pick this up because i'm not gonna play it while i'm still playing zelda and i just haven't played it so between that and final fantasy uh but people are not happy about the latest patch for diablo 4 basically it nerfed a bunch of stuff and people are, are not really happy about that and so blizzard has basically come out and been like uh yeah we messed up we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna you know make some huge changes and basically revert a lot of this stuff and so <laughs> it was funny to me because I, I was seeing some of this stuff on twitter and a, a lot of the replies were like that meme from that one uh cone brothers movie where james franco is in it and he's like got a noose around his neck and there's like somebody next to him and he also has a noose on his neck but he looks like really sad and james franco turns to him as like first time huh and it was like uh posted on twitter by a destiny player who's <laughs> like 
yeah <laughs> we're used to this we play destiny this is not like the a patch that basically breaks everything and makes everybody very unhappy and they have to revert things is not uncommon but yeah but yeah so good news if you are playing diablo or you're interested in it it sounds like a lot of these changes that people don't like are going to be reverted so excellent very good uh speaking of blizzard why don't you tell me about this wow news yeah, did you see this? So it's uh, become a little bit of an epidemic. It's not really like a huge problem yet, but it's becoming a thing where a lot of uh, websites are not really paying journalists anymore. They're just sort of getting AIs to auto-generate articles and attributing them to like fake people. Uh, CNET got in trouble for this because CNET was like a a pretty well-regarded website for like reviews and whatnot. And then the people who ran their organization were just like, no, let's, we're going to start incorporating AI written articles. And there were like a bunch of discrepancies and wrong things. <laughs> and uh, it was not a great situation. And so uh, somehow some people on like the wow, a, a wow subreddit figured out that if they posted a bunch about something that was not true, uh, an AI would like scrape that data and make an article about it and so they started posting about this like new character that's being introduced called glorbo and everyone's like man we're really excited for glorbo i can't believe they're finally releasing glorbo and all this other stuff and a website a website's like ai thing scraped that data and made an article that was like can you be- like wow players very excited for new character glorbo and all these other features um <laughs> uh, and then it came out that it was fake. And then that same AI, because it was just running loose, posted another article that was like, AI gets tricked by people uh, doing like on a WoW subreddit, even though it was talking about itself. Uh, and then briefly, they edited the original article and put parentheses satire in the headline. <laughs> and then they just removed the article. But uh, I just thought it was funny because they like figure out how to game the system and make uh, one of those like terrible news websites that pops up in like your google news alerts yeah uh make a fake article and it uh you know gotta watch out for that ai that's hilarious i love that story so much (laughs) um the other thing i wanted to point out before we get into features is radiant is the blood of the baboon heart comes out actually it came out yesterday uh and it is the series finale slash final movie uh, for Venture Brothers, a show that's been going on for, I think, 21 years. I love Venture Brothers, and I've uh, read all about it. Or not read all about it. I've watched every episode. I've been a part of watching it since the beginning. I remember when it first premiered on Adult Swim. I was like, man, this is great. Uh, I love Venture Brothers, so I am going to watch this, but I haven't done it yet. Because I think I might do a full rewatch of the whole series with my girlfriend, because she's never seen Venture Brothers. Although I will say, if you're planning on doing that like me... <laughs> I think that or like some seasons of Venture Brothers are being taken off Max pretty shortly, and I don't know why that's the case, but it is. Um, but yeah, I've heard great things about this movie. It's going to wrap up a ton of plot lines. Originally, I guess the writers wanted to do a season eight or a season seven, whatever the next season would have been. But Max or whoever basically came back and said, that's not going to happen, but you can do a movie to wrap things up. And so... They're doing that. This is a pretty unique show in that it's made by these two guys, Doc Hammer, I think, and Jackson Public are their names. 
and it's just them. Like it's whole. They don't have a writers' room. It's just them writing all this stuff for all of these seasons. It's never changed hands. There's never been different showrunners. So it's really these guys' babies. Um, and it's it's been great all the way through. It's interesting twists and turns, and one of the best animated shows I think that's ever been created. Um, so if you're interested in that, the it's I think it's on Max. Radiant is the blood of the bamboo heart. I believe is on Max. It sounds like they realized that with this coming out, that they could stand to make a bunch of money by selling, like letting people buy the old seasons rather That's than true. like just having it up for people to watch on max did you see that article or wasn't an article it's just like a bunch of rumors that's going around that uh bob Iger is trying to maybe sell disney to apple oh really (laughs) they're struggling disney is gonna wash their hands of it i guess disney is not uh in great shape these days like there i keep seeing articles about how the like park attendance at the you know the amusement parks are is not good these days and i feel like that's a big money maker for them mm. so even yeah. if their like movie business was struggling they at least had that but not anymore so i don't know plus like they keep coming out with all these movies like that it's i don't understand their strategy like i don't why do they keep making these like soulless live action remakes of things instead of making new things um, people are seeing right through that and they, they're not interested. I, I don't know what their numbers are like as far as like Disney plus like accounts goes, but I feel like I also have seen articles of them like losing subscribers and like huge numbers. It's so. crazy. Cause like the one live action remake, I was like, Oh, I'll check that out. Was going to be the Mulan one, which was one of the first ones. But then I read that they took all the music out of it, which like Mulan had those like really great songs. And so I was like, why would I even watch this if I, if I can't hear that let's get down to business song, everything I hear. uh, And this is like symptomatic of all of the, those remakes is that like they completely botched the, the message of the original movie. Like the writers didn't understand what like, made the original movie good and like what it was trying to say and they completely like do it the wrong way where like this character of Mulan for one there's like a whole side story of like problems with like that actress and how she like um there's like a lot going on in terms of like the people of Hong Kong and like China and them pushing in on on Hong Kong and all of this and she's been on the wrong side of that whole conversation Ooh, that I, I don't want part. <laughs> I don't want to get into that because it's a whole thing. But it's yeah, there's reason to not want to support it based on that alone. But also in general, they, they get the, the story wrong. Do you think we'll ever get to a point? This is Pixar, I guess. So it doesn't really count. But do you think we'll ever get to a point where they remake like we get a, a, a live action in quotes Toy Story? I mean, I wouldn't put it past them. That, that's the other problem with Disney right now is they just they don't have a they don't seem to have a creative bone in their body anymore. They just like are remaking like the soulless remakes of movies that are much like the new ones are not as good as the old ones. And so like nobody wants to watch them because they know they're going to be bad. And so their box office numbers keep 
like they keep making these very expensive movies and they keep flopping. Same with like Indiana Jones, like the Indiana Jones movie was a complete flop. Uh, and it, it, in large part, I think because the story was very similar to that of like last Jedi where they well, sort I haven't of, seen it yet. They, well, I haven't seen it either. This is just what I have read about it, but like they've brought back this character from your childhood that you loved, but now he's this like aging old, sad man that like basically doesn't want to live anymore. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> who wanted to see that? Nobody. So they've completely ruined all these like legacy characters. And I don't, I don't know. This is, uh, I, again, I haven't seen that movie to confirm whether that's the case, but from what I've read, they completely botched the character of Indiana Jones for that movie. So you know what they need is five video game movies. That's true. They might have better luck. Well, actually, I would not trust any of the movies that we're about to talk about or any of the games that we're about to talk about in the hands of Disney right now. I would give them to (laughs) just about anybody else. Um, But I don't know how you want to do this. I mean, we can do the sort of back and forth. Let's go back and forth. I think that works well. Do we have any honorable mentions we want to mention before we get into our top five? Yeah. So the first thing... The first game immediately that I thought of was Hollow Knight. But then I thought about it for a second, and I was like, I don't know if I could watch a... I I guess it would have to be animated, and I don't know how interesting... I don't know how much a Metroidvania would, like, transition to, uh, like, a film or a television type of uh, media, so... Well, but, I I mean, you say that, but Mario, did you think that would be a movie? (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's true. I don't know. I mean... I, I would I love to live in the world of Hollow Knight and just like experience the music and all of the atmosphere and whatnot. And so obviously I would definitely check out some sort of like animated I think it would have to be animated, uh like television show or movie of Hollow Knight, but I don't know. The ones that I actually put on my list, my top five, are I think it makes you can you can visualize what they would be if you put them on the screen. Yeah, I uh uh, my immediate thought was like, well, Mass Effect, but that's, I think, maybe already in the works, like a TV show from Amazon. Mm. Does that sound right? I don't know about that. I think that does sound familiar. But also Amazon Amazon owns the rights to a ton of stuff and they're never doing anything with that's it. Like, they that bought the rights be... to Snow Crash and uh, to Ringworld and we haven't seen anything about either of those. That might be one of those that's just like they own the rights to it, but they're not doing anything with it. Yeah. Uh, same with like Fallout. We know that they're they're actually making that one, but I don't know where they're at with it. Who knows? Um, so those two I thought of, and I thought of like Elder Scrolls. You could do so many things with that. Yeah, who knows what you could do? That'd um, basically be like the Dungeons and Dragons movie, where you just like go into the world, and it's just a bunch of world building. Yeah, like they they don't necessarily have to specifically make, you know, Skyrim or Oblivion. They could just do something in the universe, and that would be fine. Uh, and it could be basically somebody's Game of Thrones, that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, or Lord of the Rings, for that matter. Uh, and I thought about God of War, but I think that one's also being made by somebody. That maybe would make sense Amazon. to me. Yeah. Uh, but that, like, it, it's so cinematic what they've done with the last two that they it's easily like portable to a uh, a movie or a TV show. Uh, and then the other one I thought thought of as an honorable mention was like Luigi's Mansion, obviously, because we mm. just saw 
you know, Mario. That would be great. And there's so many different uh, Nintendo properties that everybody's now thinking, oh, it would be so great to see this as a movie or <laughs> something like that. And that would be a fun one, I think. But So those... I'm just throwing out there as fun options if any movie studio wants to make them. Some of them are already being made, but what's your number five? My number five, I, I we were talking a little about this. I wonder how similar our lists are going to be. My number five is Watch Dogs 2. Uh, I originally wrote Watch Dogs, but I don't really care about the story of the first one. It's kind of just like a sad guy in Chicago. Was it Chicago or Seattle? It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> The first, but the first Dogs, one was Chicago, yeah. Watch Dogs 2 uh, is, like, very prescient with, like, all the new technology stuff happening right now. It is basically Hackers the Movie 2, which is, Hackers is my favorite movie. It's, like, a group of young people who, like, have basically have a clubhouse that they hang out in. And they live in, like, San Diego or, like, the Bay Area. And they're, like, doing cool hacking stuff, and they're taking down corporations, and there's a part where they literally hack the planet, which I think would be very cool to see on the big screen. And I could see this being, I mean, this is basically kind of Mr. Robot a little bit, uh, which was that show on, like, USA or whatever, I don't remember what channel that was on. But I kind of dropped off of that show when it started to be about, like, his, like, mental illness. I didn't really care about him having multiple personalities. I was more in it for, like, the hacking part of it, but... I think Watch Dogs 2, and obviously you wouldn't call it Watch Dogs 2 because that doesn't make any sense for a TV show, but it would be like Watch Dogs and it just follows the people from Watch Dogs 2. Because the the characters in that were also really great and fully realized. There was that cool guy with the the mask on his face that I think would look cool in real life. Um, but yeah, uh, my, my first pick is Watch Dogs 2 because I think that would... I would say I'm leaning more towards movie than television show because i think it could be pretty succinctly it would basically follow the same path as i think hackers the movie mm. it would just be like set in modern day but that's my number five what's your number five my number five I, we talked about whether this was a cheat or not because there there already sort of is a tv show based in this universe but it's not like based on the movie and obviously you could do a lot of different things with this but my number five is cyberpunk 2077 Ooh, yes it, i think it would be very cool to see uh, like a, a cinematic take on yeah. either the just the story from the game or just like you know another story set in that universe, but like not an animated version. Like you could do a TV show, you could do a movie. Either one, I think, would be very cool to see. Um, and I want it to not be an animated show. Like I'm not against animation, but like if you did like a live action futuristic like cyberpunk movie, I think that would be yeah. awesome. That'd be really cool. Yeah. So what's your number four? I have talked about this game has popped up on a number of my top five lists as just like, cause I love it. And I think about it probably once a week just cause it's like very much ingrained in my brain. But the classic N64 uh, game space station, Silicon Valley, which to recap uh, some scientists in the past made a space station with a bunch of robot animals and then sent it off into space. And it's just so happening. It disappeared. And now it's coming back. It's on a collision course for earth. It's going to crash into like New York city. And so a zany scientist and his robot are sent to like infiltrate and figure out what's going on in the space station. And the robot gets broken. And so the robot ends up having to use other like bodies basically can hop from body to body, but there's a great interplay between them. Like the, there's every at the end and beginning of every level there's kind of like they talk to each other the guy in the spaceship as well as like the robot and 
So that could be like a kind of a zany thing. I don't know if I would want this. I guess it would probably have to be animated. I don't know. I don't know what sort of the tone would be. And I don't know if you would follow the robot or the guy in the ship. But I just think it would be very visually stunning to go through all these like biomes and stuff and to have all these weird little robots. Um, this, I think, would definitely be a movie as opposed to a TV show because I think you could tell the whole thing and then it would the final climax that happens in the, the game, at least, is you like go down to New York City and you have your full like original robot body uh, put back together and you have to like fight all the animals at once and there's like a big animal. But I think that would be cool to see IRL. Although, I don't know, maybe it would be CGI, I don't know. But that's my number four. Uh, what's your number three? It would be my number four. Oh yeah, your number four. So I thought about, I initially penciled in uh, Spec Ops The Line, if you remember that Ooh, game. Yeah, I've heard that's, that's very good. It's sort of based on Heart of Darkness as far as like the story and where that game goes. But it's been so long since I played it that I don't remember it well enough to like talk <laughs> about it in an interesting way. Uh, and that's a little bit true of the one that I ended up putting at, at my number four because uh, it's also been a long time. But do you remember that Enslaved Odyssey to the West game? Yeah, the classic, the oldest tale that's ever been told. Yeah, so I mean, there have been a lot of movies and TV shows based on you know Journey to the West, but uh, this was an interesting one from the 360 era that had Andy Serkis as like the lead character, and I believe it was written by the guy that made uh, Ex Machina. Do you remember that guy? I forget his oh, name. really? I don't yeah. remember his name. Anyway, it was like there was a lot of interesting people behind it. Um, and basically, yeah, you're you're sort of the monkey king without being the monkey king. But like uh, maybe this maybe it's like something that too many people have seen too many times and they wouldn't care. But like they keep making them because they keep doing well, I guess. But also like to have sort of a, if you did like a big budget version of this in the West versus like, you know, some sort of Asian cinema that made it, it would be interesting to see. But I just remember the game being pretty fun and pretty cool and sort of a hidden gem that didn't do as well as it should have. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that that story is like, I don't know, fun to see how many different ways they can do it. Like Dragon Ball <laughs> is basically I know, Dragon that. Ball is that. So, so yeah, uh, that's my number four. What's your number three? My number three is another game that has come up a couple, on a couple of these lists, but it is the original Thief because the setting of Thief is very interesting. It, it takes place in a place that's just called The City, which is uh, just this huge, sprawling, kind of steampunk-esque uh, background. And it's cool because there's a bunch of different factions. There's like the Hammerites who are like anti-technology. And then there's the, I think the Keepers are originally Garrett, the main character, I think is like a street guy. He's like a little orphan who's living on the street, similar to Aladdin, uh, who gets taken in by the Keepers who are like mystical, I guess, or like magic adjacent. They sometimes use glyphs to do things, but they teach him all about how to like be hidden and like basically all the skills a thief needs and then he sort of defects because he's too cool for that stuff (laughs) and starts to be like a thief but then he gets kind of embroiled and i I guess specifically thief 2 the metal age is my favorite one and that i think would translate very well to a series like an hbo series or something like that because 
he's just doing his regular thing, but he gets embroiled through the jobs he takes and this crazy thing that's going on where this guy's making these steampunk robots, which also I think would turn out really great on screen. Uh, and just like the th- whole universe of Thief is very cool. And I really want them to make a better version. Like the latest Thief they made was not good. Uh, it was like really slapped together and had a bunch of problems and uh, just altogether was not my favorite. But Thief 2 Metal Age is one of my favorite games ever. And I would love to see a guy playing Garrett. They'd have to get the right actor because like the original voice actor for Garrett was like had a very wry kind of like, what's going on here? I can't do an impression of him. <laughs> but uh, he was like a really cool... He had a cool tone, and you have to get that kind of, like, standoffish. I don't know who you would get to play him, but I think that would make or break the show. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Thief. I guess specifically Thief 2 The Metal Age would be... This is my second sequel on here after Watch Dogs 2. But uh, that would be my uh, my number two. What about you? I think that was your three. Was it my three? Oh, it was my three, yeah. Yeah, my number three is Pentiment. So this oh. came out like what was that last year? Yeah, towards the end of the year, and it's like this murder mystery game, and like there's no voice acting, so you can cast anyone you want and t- be totally fine. And it's like sort of split up into sort of three like fairly distinct chapters uh, or acts, and so you could almost uh, spread those out across like three seasons of a TV show if you wanted yeah. to. And yeah, like the murder mystery aspect of it it would be very fun and very, uh, very intriguing that would keep people watching from episode to episode. Uh, But it's also kind of like an interesting historical piece as well, which I think is a little bit in as far as like people like people like that kind of a thing. But yeah, like, I don't know. Murder mysteries make good uh, movies and TV shows, especially if you keep the mystery going across, like, you know, multiple episodes. I feel like this would be... Twin Peaks. Yeah, Twin Peaks. Well, yeah, part of the reason why season two was maybe a little bit the end of that show was because they brought the, the murder mystery to a close a little too early. But they could keep this one going for at least three seasons, so... That's my number three. What's your uh, number two? In the same vein as Thief, another uh, first-person game that was revolutionary for a number of reasons. Uh, Deus Ex, I think, would uh, be yeah. probably pretty similar to your cyberpunk. Uh, your, I think it would be a TV show. And I think that I would want it to be... I wouldn't want it to be modern like cyberpunk. Like Cyberpunk is very future-forward th- like future thinking, and a lot of the stuff you see like makes sense, but... I think a good Deus Ex game, and I'm talking about the original, not Human Revolutions. Um, I think that the it would need to be set in like the era that it came out. So like, I think it came out in the '90s, like very late '90s. I, I forget exactly when the release date of the original Deus Ex was, but set it at that time. Make it like that era's version of what they think the future is. Like have the same his like blocky stuff and like the weird mods and whatnot very clandestine like there's all this like government intrigue stuff uh that he's doing and the plot to it is really crazy it's very like uh conspiracy theories like prophet five and stuff like that and the illuminati and whatnot i think that has huge legs to go forward um this i guess is another one where 
you make it or break it by the main character because I think J.C. Denton is his name in the first one. Um, he's going to be on screen a lot, and he's going to be someone who's going to be very charismatic, but also like kind of locked down in a specific way because that character, that game did have voice acting, um, but he needs to be, he is like the next generation of human, basically, so <laughs> he can't just be, he's like very no-nonsense at times, but... Uh, they, you know, they're globe trotting, so you would get to set part of it in like uh, China or like Hong Kong, or no, I forget where they go in China, but I think they go either to Taiwan or somewhere. Uh, and then he goes to Germany briefly to do something. Uh, and the first part of it, I think, would be a, like such a good pilot because the first part of it is he drops down on Liberty Island, and like terrorists have taken over Liberty Island, which, by the way, is the headquarters of UNATCO, which is like their like task force or whatever. There's a really cool, like, the plot of that game is very, very good. Uh, There's, like, a virus that might be actually created by certain people, and he's trying to figure out how to fix it, and it's great. I I gotta say, I would love to see any more... When they remade Deus Ex to that Human Revolutions was... Wait, is it... Human Revolutions and then Mankind Divided was the second one that was not good. Yeah, Human Revolutions was a great game. Um, But any iteration of Deus Ex, I'll take a look at, because I love that tone and also i mean you could pull in some stuff from human revolutions because his apartment in human revolutions is very cool very much taken from like blade runner um but i think i like the main character in the first one more than uh adam jensen i think is his name in uh human revolutions and i think the the plot of the first one is better uh so that's my number two i keep meaning to go back and play some of those because i always hear you talk so highly about them and I think I even picked one up during like a Steam sale, and I just haven't gotten around to playing it yet. But. The original Deus Ex is great. It is a little bit of a learning curve because people were still trying to figure out how to do a lot of stuff. Like you have a a toolbar at the bottom, basically, that you can assign stuff to. Like it has the inventory system of Resident Evil kind of, where you have to slot stuff into a grid. So like if you have a big rocket launcher, that's going to take up a lot of space in your inventory. You can become over encumbered. I think it's crazy because also like. It has that Fallout thing before Fallout was a thing where, like, your legs can be crippled. And so you just, like, are, like, close <laughs> to the ground and you're walking very slowly. Like, different parts of your body can get affected. But it's great. If you can if you can make it past the kind of archaic design of some of the things, it, you, there's a lot of fun to be had with Deus Ex. Mm. Hit me with that number one. My number two. Oh, yeah, your number two. I'm getting yeah, out of order. <laughs> I just put Yakuza. Oh, uh, but I maybe specifically I would say like a dragon, which is the the one that I have played the most of. I've finished it, whereas I don't think I've finished any of the other ones. Uh, and but it would be hard to cast for Ichiban because he's such a yeah. distinct character and has a distinct look. But I really loved that game. But you could even just do something in that universe. I, they bring a lot of the characters back like over and over again or they're like sort of it's almost like a stage play where they're those <laughs> they have the same faces but they're playing a different role um but yeah it's such a good game and also somewhat cinematic as well like very weird and goofy at times uh a little surreal at times even but like very uh it would be good as a TV show because it, it it keeps you wanting to see the next chapter and what what's going to happen next. Uh, but like you could have basically an ensemble cast for this. 
because uh, yeah. there are so many characters in the Yakuza uh, franchise. But yeah, um, I would definitely watch it if they made a movie or a TV show based on that series. Uh, what's your number one? I thought a lot about this. For a while, I was going to say Final Fantasy VII, but I mean, I, I, like, I think a, a live action of that would be very cool. But I mean, we already have Advent Children, and so... Also, how do they do the hair? Great question. That's a super good question. But I put a game that doesn't have any dialogue, uh, and that game is Hyper Light Drifter. Oh, yeah. And this, I, I think, would be a movie, and... I kind of want to see what it would look like in a live action sense. Uh, a lot of the people you run into are basically humanoid animals. Like there are like humanoid otters and bird people and things like that. But I wonder if it could retain just like the atmosphere of it is so cool. And I would, I wonder if they could retain that atmosphere. Cause every once in a while, this happens like four, three or four times in the game. You'll go into an area and then the music will just stop and it plays this very haunting music that's really cool. And you just see this like big black dog, this like uh, jackal that kind of walks around and you're just, uh, you have to interact with it a little bit. I think that would translate very cool to a live action movie, especially if they use the same sound cue. I don't know. I guess you would cast like a, a person as the hyper light drifter, but maybe he would be wearing a mask. I don't really know. I don't know how well it would like I, I a little bit of me is envisioning like a super cheap Netflix show where they just like put very cheap costuming on this and it looks awful and it's all on green screens. But the way to do it, I think, is to shoot everything practically and have it be in like these very interesting rich sets that have like, you know, pink crystals on them and stuff. And the plot to it is pretty straightforward, but I think that lends itself well to a movie as opposed to a TV show where you basically have to go to three different places. You could you could pare it down to maybe two different places, maybe three, and then you descend in you to, to the final place, and it's like very bittersweet. And uh, the ending is you know they could they could change the ending a bit to see if does he actually die or not. Uh, I think that would be preferable, but I think it would make for a very cool if they did it right and they really put money into it and like had very cool makeup stuff for the other like species that the hyper light drifter runs into and they made like his like uh like laser sword and stuff look cool and him dashing around look really cool and not cheap i think that could make for a very cool standalone movie yeah you would almost you almost have to go animated with it yeah yeah you probably would actually i don't think i would want it to be like three like cgi like minion style animated I think it would, if it was drawn, like if it was illustrated, I think that would be very cool. Yeah, it could look very cool. It probably cool. actually would make a great anime. Yeah, that's true. And then you would, you probably wouldn't have to worry so much about who is playing the character and yeah. whether or not you saw their face. They could just... That's true, yeah. You could just... I mean, it would all be... Then you really... You might be able to go fully know... I mean, it could be like Samurai Jack, basically. There are whole episodes of Samurai Jack where no one says anything. Yeah. And it's still a great show. So maybe that's actually Samurai Jack is probably an excellent analog to this where he's just like on a mission. He runs into interesting, weird things and has like crazy fights. So, yeah, maybe maybe that is what I'm get, Yeah, for. get that guy to do a hyper light drifter yeah. show. <laughs> I forget his name, but the guy that did Samurai Jack. Did his like, insane name. Yeah. What's that number one? My number one is Psychonauts. So. Oh, 
Yeah. So I, I didn't play the first Psychonauts, but I played Psychonauts 2 and loved it. And I, just from like a like quirky, like it would probably have to be animated, obviously. But yeah. like from like a just a, a quirky uh, kind of surreal and like crazy visual standpoint, like it would be really good for that. But also like I found the main character and a lot of the other characters in the game to be very likable. And it's got that like Tim Schafer sense of humor. And mm-hmm. um, it's just like uh, the gameplay was not as interesting to me as like <laughs> the characters and the story and just like the environments that they made. And so you could do a TV show or a movie that would you know you wouldn't be like oh i definitely miss just playing the game you know whereas you might say that about other games that they would turn into a movie but um yeah psychonauts 2 or psychonauts as just like a universe would be a fun one especially since in the second one it's almost like not james bond but like something like that where they have this like agency or whatever and you're there and you're like helping them out with stuff and you're you know Mm. you become a psychonaut right and just to like have that but like you're going around doing stuff and you're you're jumping into people's brains and like sort of inception style helping the to resolve things and each you know brain obviously has like a wildly different location and like weird quirk to it you could do so many fun things with it that having uh an episode dedicated to like them going into one person's brain would just be a pretty fun show i think yeah that would be great so there you go uh movie studios slash uh, tv producers those are five video game uh adaptation ideas for you just uh get to it <laughs> <laughs> um so do we want to briefly talk about viewfinder Yeah, how have you been liking it? I've been seeing a ton of people talking about it online. Yeah, so Viewfinder is one of the games that came out this week. Uh, Pikmin 4 also came out, but I haven't started that yet. I plan to play that, but I have not at this point. I did play the demo. We talked about that last week. So you can check that episode out if you want to hear some thoughts on that. But uh, yeah, Viewfinder is a cool game. It's like a puzzle game where you you pick up pictures in the environment they're just like laying around or you have like a camera and you can take pictures of your environment and then you hold up the picture and you can like basically place it there and then it becomes this like 3d reality that you can walk through and so it's a little bit trippy at times but you can sort of use that to solve puzzles and sort of platform your way around these environments and like story-wise it's it becomes a little bit wally it's almost a little sort of cliche uh end of the world um you know climate change disaster type Mm -hmm. of story which is whatever but like the gameplay is the real highlight and you're sort of in this like vr machine basically and so that's why the the different locations the different levels you go to like look really crazy and varied um and it's a pretty short game i would say it's like three to five hours long so you can definitely get through it in like a sitting or two um i platinumed it on ps5 whoa because 
they do a good job of making it so that you can like load into each level at like a specific point. So like they have like level 1.1, level 1.2, you know, as you're progressing through the level, you like you go through the to like a different stage in it. And so you can right, load you can load directly into each individual one to like find collectibles and, and stuff like that. And so I was able to platinum it fairly easily. And even even with doing that, it was still only like four or five hours, I would say. So pretty short game. So maybe wait for a sale or hope it comes to Game Pass. It would it would be a perfect Game Pass game. Yeah. But I don't I don't believe it is on Game Pass. You can correct me if I'm wrong. I haven't I haven't I checked the other day and didn't see it. So I don't know. But um I thought it was pretty good. Uh I I guess we've got a slot on our top 10 builder which we do need to look at again as we kind of look into our mid-year report card here. I don't know where I would put it. It's such a short game. I feel like we give a little bit of uh, preference to games that are longer because we spent more mm-hmm. time with them, so we remember them a little bit better. But I'm just going to put it in at six. Oh, I think that's fair. I need to play more like a Dragon Ishin, which is in a number seven, <laughs> uh, before I really decide on where that goes. And same with, uh, like, I just put in Dead Cells Return to Castlevania because I've played some of that and I liked it. Um, but we can analyze more of that later. Uh, who do you think is having the best year so far? I gotta say, I I think it's Nintendo. Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> For sure, it's Nintendo. Uh, as we were sort of preparing for this uh, podcast, I was asking, like, what even came out from Sony other than Final Fantasy 16? Uh, and then we remembered, oh, yeah, I think Forspoken might have been a, a, a PlayStation exclusive. So that's not a, a strong thing. They did have Returnal come out on PC. That's one of their studios. So they're, they're porting some of their stuff over to PC, and they had, uh, like, the Horizon Forbidden West Burning Shores DLC. So they had some stuff, but it wasn't huge. And then they did launch PSVR 2. And they've got Spider-Man 2, so I guess those are your ten pulls between Final Fantasy 16 and Spider-Man. But not not Sony's strongest year. Although I will say overall, even though I think Sony and Xbox are not having, like, huge years yet... I know like Starfield is sort of the big one that we're waiting for later this year. And obviously they shadow dropped a uh, hi-fi rush, which was cool for a lot of people. Uh, and they've got the, the purchase of Activision blizzard happening, but they also had like Redfall, which was not good. <laughs> um, <laughs> so despite the fact that I think Sony and Xbox, at least so far are just not having huge years, but that could be made up for by Starfield. I would say this yeah. year has been like kind of a surprise. I think a lot of people are saying it's one of the best years for game releases that we've had in a oh, while. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Yeah, probably since 2017 even. Although when Breath of the Wild came out. Yeah, Breath of the Wild and <laughs> Super Mario Odyssey. But that, that was a crazy one-two punch. Yeah. Well, and I think 2020 was a better year than a lot of people remember because there, there's like Ghost of Tsushima and uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake and yeah. a couple others that I, I'm blanking on. But I, when I looked back at that, when I remember thinking 
why aren't people talking about 2020 more? I think it was maybe it's because it was like the last year before pandemic really started mm. impacting releases, but slow down. Yeah. But like for Nintendo, they had Tear- Tears of the Kingdom already this year. They had a new Fire Emblem, a new new Pikmin game that just came out along with releasing Pikmin 1 and 2. So now all the Pikmin games are on Switch. Uh, they had Metroid Prime Remastered. And like later this year, they're going to have Super Mario RPG and a new 2D Mario game. Did that Mario Rabbit sequel come out this year or was that at the end of last year? I think that was last year, but they okay. have released like a bunch of DLC for that this year. So I, I've still been playing it this year. So it does almost feel like a, a this year release, even though it was last yeah. year. Um, and then like, obviously they released a hit movie with the Mario brothers movie True. and they opened a theme park, <laughs> universal yeah. studios in California. So Nintendo's having a, a massive year. Even and though I, I've been seeing TikToks. And who knows the like the veracity of these, but there have been rumors that, and we've had these rumors for years, but there have been real rumors that stuff is starting to pick up about the Switch 2. Like some mm. South American game studio apparently got a dev kit, so they say. Uh, so we might be getting a Switch 2 coming up next year. At the end of this year, maybe? Who knows? That would be crazy, especially if they announce like, you know, Metroid Prime 4 and maybe the the next mainline Mario game. Super Mario yeah. Odyssey 2 are, are like the launch dream. titles for it. But That would be great. And then like other games we have so far in our top 10 builder, we've got, uh, you know, Fire. we got Fire Emblem Engage. We got Final Fantasy 16, uh, After Image, Dead Space Remake, Wild Hearts, Metroid Prime Remastered. Did I say that one? Uh, yeah, you did. And then, like, I know we haven't played them, but, like, Diablo 4, minus, like, the recent patch notes, has been a success. There was Street Fighter Six, which was another big release. Um, and then Resident Evil 4 Remake, I think, is going to make a lot of people's top ten list this year. Yeah. So, I mean, it has been, like quietly a huge year for games that like, it kind of snuck up on me because there was a time there before tears of the kingdom came out where i was like there's not much coming out this year that's like really grabbing me and then like now looking back on it I'm like no no this has been a really big year for games <laughs> and still to come more more to come it's true this fall even though the the claim was that nintendo had a light release schedule for the fall I would say they're still going to do just fine. Like they're going to, oh, yeah. the what they have coming up, and then of course, like people are really into that Spider-Man Two game, and like Starfield might end up being my game of the year. So there's a lot to look forward to. Very true. All right. Uh, do we have anything else that we've been playing and watching, and we wanted to talk about? I guess I have Zach- been playing more Final Fantasy Sixteen, but I don't really have anything. Oh, I do want to hear about that. Yeah. Uh- have you beaten it yet? or I have not beaten it. It is a long game. Uh, I took yeah. a, a break from playing it to, to play through Viewfinder, but I jumped back in this morning. Uh, and it's very cool. Like those, the boss battles are like these huge, pretty cinematic sequences. And there's all these like huge set pieces. And like you can tell, like they put a lot of time and money into this thing. And it is like, it's pretty 
beautiful to look at, especially with some of those, like, uh, as they're doing, like, a cutscene of some sort, they'll have, like, a, a very zoomed out, like, um, what is the term for that? When you're establishing shot. Yeah. And the, they're crazy. I, like, want to screenshot them every time and, like, use it as a wallpaper because <laughs> it's, like, so crazy to look at. But, yeah, it's a, it's a cool game. It's... I don't. I don't think it's going to surpass Tears of the Kingdom for me, but like right now, it's a solid number two for me. Wow. Um, but again, all of them could slip uh, once Starfield comes out. So, my uh, girlfriend has been traveling, and so I started to do something that I haven't done in a long time. I I tend to do th- like if I really want to watch something, I will try to savor it, and I made it halfway through the second to last season of the expanse like two years ago oh yeah and then the final season happened and i i did not pick it up again but i was on like episode six or seven of the season pre like prior to the final season and i watched all of those in the span of like three days so i'm caught up to the final season now and the expanse is so good i gotta say it is I'm sad that there aren't any more of them. I I hope something else comes of it because I know there's more books and I don't know if they're ever going to start it up again. I know there's like a big time jump where they left off, um, but I'm excited to continue watching that and get to the final season. Yeah, I also love that show and I was sad that they decided that the last season was the last season because I felt like it's not as bad as what they did with Game of Thrones where they're the producers of it were like we don't want to be doing this anymore so we're just gonna (laughs) rush like the last season or two and do like longer episodes but short or like fewer number of them and just and they just like yeah there's only six episodes in the final season which i was surprised about yeah so i I, they didn't botch it as badly as they did but it, it is a little bit like i feel like you guys were just ready to wrap it up and move on and i feel like more dedicated showrunners could have kept this thing going longer and i would have liked that but i think it could come back i think it could definitely come back yeah i mean it could be one of those things where they like not a spinoff but like they i don't know because there's always like stargate isn't there like multiple different versions of that show there's like Like, four of them yeah they could do something like that and still have more of the expanse so Hopefully they do that, but uh, anyway, on that note, why don't you hit me with your parting wisdom? Zach, you know, I I went to Walmart. I, I needed a, something specific that I could only get at Walmart. It was a Walmart exclusive, and I have not been in a Walmart in a long time, but man, me neither. Their, their frozen food section is insane. Like I'm used to going to like uh, I go to like I do a lot of my shopping at Target, which is great, and they have a great frozen food section. But the Walmart next to me is like twice the size of the Target, and the fat the frozen food section has insane brands I've never heard of that all look crazy. And so I picked up just a couple of random things that I saw that I was like this looks interesting. These like weird bowls that I had never seen before, and they turned out to be really good. They're like uh, like Filipino bean and rice bowls or something with uh tofu in them and they're i don't know actually if they're filipino but they're crazy Hmm. um so i guess my wisdom is that uh if there's a store that you haven't been to in a while like if you avoid uh if you avoid target if you haven't been there in a while and you shop somewhere else go back to that store because i feel like 
a lot of things are getting revamped and it's like crazy uh the amount of interesting things you can find at a store you haven't been to in like five years <laughs> i guess that's true i haven't been to walmart in a really long time i think you would be like amazed at the, if you walked through their frozen food section i i probably don't eat a lot of that stuff anymore i feel a lot oh, of the yeah. frozen stuff is like very sodium heavy probably uh and they they probably have a lot of carbs in them you know what i saw and this is also something you probably wouldn't eat, but um, you know how they have those, uh, the classic Pillsbury roll, uh, like tubes of biscuits? Mm-hmm. They have a tube of banana bread now. Oh, really? Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. If I did and eat I think carbs, it's a I would think about that. But <laughs> Oh, I think it's exclusively carbs. Yeah, oh, for sure. I mean, it's, it's probably bread. very bad for you. Yeah. <laughs> it probably is very, very bad for you. It's funny, I... Uh, I watched uh, randomly. I heard about this show called Secret Eaters. Or no. Is that the one I was thinking of? There was two shows that I randomly stumbled upon this last week. And I watched like episodes. They were just on YouTube. Mm. One of them was Secret Eaters. Where they talked to these people. And they were like. At the beginning of the episode. They're like. You know we don't eat that much. And yet somehow we're like gaining weight and it's a complete mystery. Can you help us solve this problem? And they were like, okay, we're with your consent. We're setting up all these cameras. And <laughs> like, of course, at the end of it, they, they catch them just like snacking all the time. They're like, hey, yeah, that's that's the problem. And like, you know, that's going to be the answer before the episode even happens. But of course, that's what it is. And then there was another uh, show that I think it's on like Amazon Prime. It's like super size versus like super skinny and so they have these people that basically have eating disorders where one of them doesn't eat and the other one just eats way too much and they like flip-flop their eating habits and make the other person do the other thing for like a couple days and then they like try to convince both of them to like have more healthy diets where they actually eat not just healthy foods but they're the person that doesn't eat actually eats and the other person that eats too much doesn't eat as much and the person that ate too much on the episode i saw they like brought out this giant plate of bread that was like it was like multiple stacks of bread and like because you eat so many sandwiches this is how much bread you consume in (laughs) a week's time and just like to have that presented in front of them is like yeah, people probably do eat too much bread. And it's like one of the worst things that you could eat. <laughs> but anyway, on that note, go ahead and follow us uh, at Starside Cafe on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. And uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>